Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Nate. This is the Nate Show podcast. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate that. Be sure to follow along on social media at the Nate Show on Facebook and at that's Nate Cox on Instagram. You can also ask Alexa or Siri to play the Nate Show podcast, and she'll start playing it. How about that? So thank you for tuning in. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. A lot of you, welcome back. For you first-time listeners, welcome. I always say at the beginning in that intro there, you can be anywhere in the world. You're here with me. I appreciate that. And what I also appreciate is this little bit of shameless self-promotion. I'm going to do this on the front end, get out of the way before I get into my interview with Danny Whitson here. But uh, if you follow me on Instagram, first of all, if you don't, please do, at ThatSnakeCox on Instagram. And what you'll see on Instagram in my bio is a link to a Kickstarter page in there. I have some details for some different things I want to be working on. Uh, got, a, got a goal set that I want to hit. And so, some different things I need just for the um, for the podcast, for the late night talk show I'm doing downtown Johnson City, which I'll get into here in a second. But, you know, just some projects that, like I said, I'm trying to work on, get together. I've been fortunate enough so far to have some wonderful people help me out and kind of work on the cheap or even for free in some cases to help me out. But I know I can't do that forever. I want to take care of people. So definitely check that out if you get a chance. There's also a, I also have a Patreon page as well. You can find a link to that on my Facebook or on my Instagram. I'm pretty sure it's on there too. Um, and so that's kind of a more consistent way. If you want to help out, if you're a fan of the show, if you'd like to be a fan of the show, if you know someone that's a fan of the show, uh, definitely check that out and please uh, help out with that. I'd, I'd really appreciate that. Uh, coming up this Saturday, I'll be doing a stand-up show uh, for the United Way here in Johnson City that I'm pretty excited about. we got another The Late Nate Show coming up. That's going to be like the new name for it going forward. Uh, kind of differ- differentiate it from the podcast here a little bit. Uh, the next one coming up is Wednesday. I'm looking at the calendar. Uh, yeah, Wednesday, uh, February 26th, so just a few days from today. We've got Marcus Puckett from the band Wild Heart. We've got Savannah Kilgore. We've also got Lauren Anderson, um, who, if you were at the last show, uh, you may have seen. She was helping me out with a few, th- with a few things. Uh, she'll be helping me out a lot going forward. But I also think, if I can speak today, I also think she has a really cool background, and a, a, she's a really good entertainer as well, uh, great personality. So I'm excited for uh, – same thing with Savannah, a really talented young woman, and then Marcus. And those of you that are fans of the band Wild Heart, you already know what he does, and if you're not, you're going to find out. So um, as far as this episode today on the Nate Show podcast, I had a, a friend of mine, um, a good guy, Danny Whitson, join the show. A lot of you, if you're from – East Tennessee, or you're familiar with East Tennessee at all. Uh, he lives out in the Knoxville Oak Ridge area. Uh, really talented magician, really funny comedian. Uh, been at it for a long time. Um, I was fortunate to be at the same show he was. I was doing an open, not an open mic, but kind of a little comedy showcase here in Johnson City when I first got rolling last year. Uh, and I think I opened that show, and I know he closed it, and I struck up a friendship and partnership with him then we've worked together on a few different things few different comedy shows um he was um kind enough to come do the late nate show uh which is that's gonna get used to saying that um he was he was cool enough to come do that put on a great show um he always knocks it out of the park any you know anytime he performs i'm excited to continue to work with him i know we got some things in the works um you can actually find him on Facebook at Danny Whitson Magic and Comedy. He'll say all this during, I think, at the end of the uh, interview, but I want to go ahead and let you know that way you can kind of follow along with him as you're listening. Uh, Danny Whitson Magic and Comedy on Facebook and at Super Magic Boy on Instagram. Uh, really great dude, really funny dude. Here's my conversation with Danny Whitson. 
All right, I'm joined on the Nate Show podcast today by my good friend, magician, comedian, Danny Whitson. Um, he came all the way in from Oak Ridge. We actually got a show as we were recording this. We got a, the Nate Show late night and live coming up, and I uh, appreciate having him in town. So if you don't mind, Danny, just jump right in, kind of tell people a little bit about yourself. So. All right, well, uh, like, like you said, I'm Danny Whitson. I'm a stand-up comic and magician. I've uh, been uh, performing for 20 years, at least really close to it, at least somewhere around there. Um, and uh, I don't know. Let's. What else more can we say? <laughs> I know it doesn't really like when someone says, like, tell me about yourself. It's like that's like the worst question I could ask because it's like you have your whole life that you could, you know. <laughs> when I was, uh, let's see, when, whenever I was, I want to say eight, I had a, a dog named Moby. Oh, really? Yeah. He was white. Like was Moby he named Dick. after like the Moby singer? Dick. Oh, I was gonna say no, the, not singer. the singer. <laughs> no, no, he was white and bald, and he wore glasses. Oh, it was oh the glasses. Yeah, that's yeah. that's why we named him Moby. So, so I I do want to know though. So we mentioned you're from Oak Ridge. Um, you or maybe you did, and I'm not sure. You didn't come out of the womb probably doing comedy and magic and stuff like that. You may have though. I don't want. I hate to assume, <laughs> but well, yeah, I escaped from my mother's uterus. Yeah. you know, it was a straight jacket. That was a trick was in a itself. Cool. So I mean the. Uh, no, um, I didn't. I've always had an interest in magic. Always, right. um, my dad was a trickster. You know, he did. He wasn't a magician, but he would. You know, he would do the old trick with the magnet in the newspaper, and the refrigerator magnet would move across the newspaper, and I'm whoa, you know. <laughs> or he would always play a gag or something on us. Yeah. Uh, so I always had an interest in it, but I was uh, kind of a late bloomer into magic because I was uh, uh, actually my son was a year old. Okay. Oh wow! Okay. So, I walked into a magic shop, and got my, you know, just blew my mind. A magician just blew my mind with a card trick, and I was like, "Holy crap! I got to learn how to do this." And uh, so I went back, and um, he showed me a couple more, and then told me, "You look, buy a book," and then right. I bought a book, and bought a few more books, and then basically I was self-taught. By then, I just—it's called the magic bug, is what yeah. we call it. So I was going to ask you that because, like, obviously there was a certain point. What were you doing at the time? Like you said, you mentioned your son was one years old, but, like, what was your background in and what kind of jobs were you doing oh, at God that damn, time? God it was awful. I was, uh, first of all, you know, I came out of the, you know, the lower middle class neighborhood, you know. So, and stuff like, and, you know, grew up before, you know, we didn't have an internet when we were kids, you know. Yeah. So you didn't have exposure to magic, or the only thing the time you saw magic is if David Copperfield did a special on ABC, yeah. you know, that was it, you know, and you didn't know how to learn it or where to go or anything. Uh, and so, you know, I had met my wife, Antoinette, and we were stupid young, you know. I, I tell my son all the time, I'm like, dude, you're so lucky you're alive because we were so stupid when you were born, you know. Um, but anyways, I was working like landscaping jobs, which is not a good idea for me. I mean, I'm pale and right. headed, you know. It's, <laughs> no, you and me like, both. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, uh, I was just working just horrible jobs, you know, nothing. And I couldn't really afford to do anything fun. And uh, so, you know, there was magic. And I got hooked, learned a few card tricks, a few coin tricks. And it was just, you know, that's where it took off. Did you always have that sort of itch to entertain, like, class? I hate to say class clown because that doesn't really. I, you know, I did. I, I, uh, I was always, uh, you know, like I said, I was like my dad on that. You know, I, I remember me and my cousin, we'd always play the game, who could make who laugh first, yeah. you know. And, and uh, you know, always, I goofed off a lot, you know, in, in school, you know, definitely. 
I was always thinking of something stupid, stupid to say or stupid to do. Did you um did you grow up here in the East Tennessee area? I know you like live in Oak Ridge yeah, now. Yeah, I, I did, and uh, the um, and you know, and I, I, I'm 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 I feel somewhat kind of lucky to grow up where I did, you know, yeah. because I was exposed to other people. You know, um, one of the cool things about Oak Ridge is you know due to the plants and stuff, you have other people besides just white yeah. people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there was a mixture of all kinds of people. So I got exposed to other cultures, which was kind of cool. But, yeah, uh, yeah, born and raised in East Tennessee. Yeah, I spent a year, I think I've told you that before, I spent a year living out there, and I was kind of amazed at how just culturally different, even just being an hour and a half away from where I live now, just how much different it was and loving every second of it. But. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, you kind of notice whenever you go other places, which is yeah. odd. Not saying they're better than anybody. Right, I'm just no. saying just exposed to some other things, you know. Yeah, it's easy to get sucked in, like, doing the same old stuff, like whether it's here in Johnson City or wherever. So I, I love getting out and, and experiencing new cities and towns and cultures and that sort of thing. Well, you know, they say that the, the cure for racism is traveling. Yeah. So, and that's the truth because, I mean, even yeah. leaving the southeast and going other places, you know, definitely. You know, my sister was telling me that when she just moved about a year or so ago to Atlanta, and it's kind of a culture shock at first. And then after a year, you're just like, oh, it's, well, you know, it's Atlanta, you know. The first thing, the first thing, uh, I remember the first time I went to Atlanta, downtown Atlanta, and, you know, I was like the only white person for miles. Yep. I didn't even see a white car. I mean, it was just. There was no white people, including my family. I was with a bunch of Filipinos. So, <laughs> the uh, but the, the thing that this is this was a culture shock for me, is uh, we were in a upper class neighborhood, all black people, all yeah. black people, and I was playing basketball with these little black kids, and they sucked. Right. They were horrible, right. and, I'm, and 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 that was a learning point for me that a lot of things is economical not race right you know so i was like gosh you little rich kids need to go to the hood you need to learn some stuff <laughs> it's funny because you know cliff who you'll meet later tonight uh -huh. um he was on the podcast um as we released this last week and we go to the gym together and he get he jokes about how he gets irritated because like people look at him because of how he looks and expect he's going to be good on the basketball yeah. court and he's like yeah. i don't want to play basketball i have no interest in playing <laughs> like, i don't want to go out there like Nate, you go out there you do it but um, but yeah, do, the cool yeah, thing in Atlanta is black people are just people. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's a cultural shock for white people whenever, you know, you're raised well, in a place where there's not a lot of people. Different. I don't, I know you have some familiarity with Johnson City, but talking to other comedians and stuff is like Keith Marcel. I don't know if you know Keith at all. I don't all. think I've met him. Um, he was saying kind of how amazed he was to come here because you just think, oh, it's a Trump voting state. It's East Tennessee. I'm going to be yeah. an outcast. And I don't know if it's just a mix of the city and or the comedy community in general, but that was something that opened my eyes a year ago getting in was I was thinking everyone's just going to be just like, yeah, like what Keith, Keith was saying, just general East Tennesseans, and everyone's so diverse, and ways of thinking are so diverse. So I don't know if that's been your experience here in Johnson City. Well, being not, a college town, that yeah, also helps that's too. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, the uh, one thing I love about this town is that it's it's not super big, but there's stuff here. Right. You know, except for parking. Except for parking. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That, that's <laughs> you need to get that Johnson City. Get some parking. Yeah, I'm stay. I'm gonna stay on them about that. So. <laughs> But, no, um, I mean, I think, you know, like I said, my son lives here. Yeah. And I think there's a reason why, you know, he wanted to move move here, you know. So, uh, 
you know, and, and not to talk about politics or get into politics, but, you know, I'm a, uh, I consider myself uh, an independent down the middle. Right. You know, I, I lean left on yeah. some things, and then some things it's just common sense on other things, you know. So, uh, and, you know, it's nice, though, to go to a place where, you know, you can actually have a, uh, an intelligent conversation. Yeah. And this is, a, Johnson City's it, you know. Yeah. You've got people like that here, which is wonderful. Yeah, and you've still got people that are on the far side. Oh, you yeah. Know? But that's, you that's any city. Any yeah, city. yeah, that's any town. But, yeah, this, I think Johnson City is, a lot like Asheville, is very open and just Oh, different. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Asheville's super. Well, well, they, yeah. Asheville has degrees. You <laughs> yeah. know, when you're, different, when you're in the butthole of Asheville, it. dude, yeah. that's like, woo. You know, this. Yeah, because I was. <laughs> I love Asheville, though. I worked at the Asheville Mall for about a year. <laughs> and, like, some of my friends I made out there, they were like, yeah, but you're not really in Asheville. <laughs> no. Like, this isn't dude, actually no. Asheville. This is just like a stop off the interstate. This isn't really, yeah. I so tell whatever. people, I was like, hey, have you ever been to Asheville? Yeah, we went to Biltmore twice. Yeah, no, no, not, dude, no, not, no. Yeah. You've not been to Asheville. Yeah, so um, kind of roundabout circling back to comedy and magic. Who were some of the influences that you had once you started to really get into it? Well, like, uh, well, for me in the beginning, like I said, I, I learned magic first. And I always tell people that, you know, the, the, the crazy thing about magic is I, I, I literally stood and I could say an entire year in front of a mirror practicing a move that no one would ever see. Yeah. And when you really think about that, you know, people practice things to be able to say, look at me. Yep. You know, in magic, it's like, I don't want the anyone opposite. to ever know this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, my, my influences in the beginning were people, and it's people that most people have never heard of. Um, Paul Harris, um, that kind of lets you know who Paul Harris is. He, uh, you know who David Blaine? Yeah. Well, he's David Blaine's mentor. He was, he, okay. he, he inspired David Blaine. So he inspired, you know, uh, a lot of people in, you know, in that coming out of, you know, that time yeah. of magic. Um, Paul Harris was a big influence. Michael Lamar, um, a, a, just fantastic magicians. Di Vernon. Um, but, uh, it wasn't until I, uh, once I got into stand-up, which really my first gigs was like anybody else. I did birthday parties, did restaurant magic, yeah. and uh, then did street performing. And uh, working the streets is where you really learn. There's a saying, if you can work the streets, you can work anywhere. And that's the absolute truth. Right. Because what you do, you have to, you have to make total strangers stop, yeah. watch you. Then at the end, you got to get them to pay you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, so you have to learn how to build a crowd. You have to learn how to be engaging. And you have to learn how to keep them. And if you suck, well, they're just going to walk away. And yep. You're not going to make any money. Um, so, uh, but doing that, and like I said, though, being a redhead, pale skin guy, you know, I didn't like, you know, the outdoors was rough. So uh, I saw an open mic. And I was like, well, let's, let's, let's go do some stuff in there. And... Uh, that was, uh, I'll never, I mean, uh, this is kind of trailing off from the, the, the question, but it kind of leads into, you know, where I got into the comedy and the magic uh, for my influences there. But um, the open mic, I'll never forget the first open mic night was at Side Splitters Comedy Club in Knoxville. And I showed up and I met some comics to this day that I'm still, still friends with yep. that first night there. And um, it was packed. And I thought, oh man, this is this is wonderful. Open mics are awesome. 
<laughs> you know, so uh, we all went to the main room because it was so packed. And I have comic went up there and did their jokes and people laughed. And then, you know, me, I went up and did my magic tricks and they just loved me. And it was just a great night, you know. And uh, I was like, God, I got to come back to this again. This is this is fun, you know. Come back the second time and it was nothing like that. Uh, <laughs> the uh, No one was there. We were in the lobby. Uh, but, you know, but what I did, though, that, that was the beginning of where I had to learn comedy. And I also learned that uh, I had to set the magic down in order to learn stand-up. Right. Because, I mean, even, like, to me, you know, if you want to do music in your act or whatever, that's great. I'm not one of these purest idiots who hate on anybody if they do anything different. Yeah. Um, but in order to learn stand-up comedy, you can't do it with a guitar. You can't do it with a puppet. You can't do it with a card trick. You have to stand up there on the stage with you and the mic and the thoughts and bear your soul. Yep. That's what you have to do. And the tough thing for me was when I first did that was uh, bombing for the first time. And I'll never forget that night. Yeah. And it, it was, it was god-awful in a packed room. It was in a packed room. And it was uh, called the... Uh, Giggle Before You Gobble show. Wow. <laughs> I'll never forget. And uh, I remember um, I had some friends on that show killed, that killed. And I was thinking, I'm going to go get them with my jokes. I'm, I got my jokes. You know, and I went up there and just ate a bag of balls, bro. Yeah. It was horrible. And in the back of my mind, the magician's like, magic boy, pull out your car tricks, pull out your ropes. You can entertain them. You know, but I didn't because if I did that, I wouldn't have learned. The net. You'd had a net, yeah. Exactly. I would have had that net. So I did about two years there where I just did just stand-up, just so I could learn. I wanted, you know, I could go up and have time. I could go up and, and do that. Um, but uh, then also on the flip side, I was like, you know, I've put all this time into magic that I can't just abandon it, right. you know. So it was a uh, process of trying to combine the two, and then – I started studying people like Harry Anderson, who's a comedian magician. He, you know, just passed away recently. Actually, one of my, you know, I got to meet Harry several times. Well, I was lucky enough to get to meet him several times, which he's amazing. He was amazing. Uh, amazing Jonathan. Um, Tommy Cooper. Yep. Uh, some of those guys were just, you know, just a big influence on me, especially when I was trying to meet, make the comedy, comedy magic work. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a few more. You know, um, David Williamson is somebody who most people don't know, but my most magicians know who he is. All magicians know who he is. He's like a legend. Uh, but uh, he, uh, God, he's like kind of almost, he reminds me of almost like Robin Williams if Robin Williams was a magician. Okay. You never yeah. know. You never know what he's going to do. I mean, I've seen him in shows, jump out in the audience, grab a kid, bring him up on stage, roll him up in a carpet. You know, I mean, yeah. it's just nuts, dude. Wow. Uh, so, but I mean, I, that kind of energy is just, you know, so a lot of those guys. But the, the difficult thing that I had with magic and comedy, the, the, the really challenge was good stand-up comedy is telling the truth. Good magic is bullshit. Right. And trying to make truth and bullshit work together hasn't been easy. Right. You know, yeah. and, and also I, I have to say Penn and Teller, because when you when you look at Penn and Teller, the, the, 
they could take something like an issue like burning the flag and make a routine out of it. Yeah. And the magic tells a story, but at the end there's that punch that really drives, you know, the premise, you know. So yeah. You mentioned your son was one. I'm not going to ask you how old you are, but how long roundabout <laughs> yes, have you been doing? Yeah. I, you know, I always feel weird asking. I'm, I'm 42 know. years old, okay. bro. So and it's crazy how fast it it's just flown flown right. by. Yeah. It is. I bet, and I know you've you know along the way. Obviously, you mentioned a son. You also have a daughter and a, a lovely wife as well. Um, has having the family changed? you at all that's kind of a generic question well and or in what ways has it sort of affected either your life your comedy what have you the uh first of all man i couldn't have done anything if it wasn't for my wife antonette right man i'm serious dude if she you know helps me in it's, she helps me with my ideas you know she's a first critic you know if i tell a joke and it you know she's she's the one to tell me look that was awful <laughs> right uh you know, oh, that trick, you know, guy that's horrible, or she'll come up with a, you know, maybe try it like this. You know, she's funny. Believe right. it or not, I promise you, she's, she's hilarious. She writes some great jokes, you know. Uh, the, uh, and then also, though, she, she's my partner. She's my, you know, she, she comes to me with every, to every show. She, you know, she comes out there to every show, every show she possibly can, you know. Um, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be doing this. Right. I know that. You know, to me, I, I would be, I, I would probably be in prison if you want to know the absolute truth. So, <laughs> yeah, meeting her was a, was a blessing big time. And my kids, um, you know, my, my son was a talented actor and singer. We had him in, uh, you know, we had him on a stage ever since he was just, you know, itty bitty. And he did stuff like um, Sound Company where they sing and then he uh in high school he was in maskers he he had you know some major parts he was the mayor in uh music town mm. music man um I'm, i just screwed that up no you're <laughs> and i put my, my daughter on the flip side um she uh she did sound company and she's got up and sang and she you know she does that but she's more of an introvert man right i mean my kid she likes to read a book She's into science. That's good. That's she, yeah, I mean, hey. I love that. I yeah. love that. <laughs> Neither one of them much care for magic. They never were big in magic. You know, they, they, I guess they've seen their dad do it so much. It's yeah. just, bleh, you know, but yeah, I mean, both of them are great kids. No, that's cool, though, because, you know, a lot of people, I mean, I hear it all the time. Like, I don't want to get married. I've been guilty of it, too. I don't want to get yeah. married or have kids and settle down, man. I'm just trying to do this thing and make money and all that. But, like, it's cool that you have that perspective that it's, you've... Yeah. It's not easy, and this is the thing, because I know a lot of entertainers who uh, who don't have a family, who don't have yeah. kids, a lot, especially a lot of comics, and uh, it's kind of a kind of a gamble. And to me, you know, I had these things kind of before I began. You know, I'd started these things, uh, but uh, yeah, I will say this: it's kind of a gamble that uh, especially a lot of comics will take because if the big the big time doesn't happen you're 60 years old right. and you have no children and you know you don't have any strong relationships you know i mean it's and that's not just with comics i know there's musicians that do yeah. the same thing you know uh but uh uh, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of a sad, sad thing. But I mean, I'm proof you can do it. You know, right. you, you just need a good woman. Yeah, you need a good woman in your corner. You know, that's been the thing that I 
you know, I know. Or a good man, whatever, whichever one you want. Um, I notice a lot of people, friends of mine or former acquaintances or whatever, they, they're in love with the idea of being in love and having all that. And it's not really defined. It's just sort of, Oh, this person's great. Let's go ahead and do this. And then divorce rates, whatever. But yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it's, you get to a point to where, you know, you realize what's really important. Yeah. You know? And, but uh, I also realize, by the way, that I'm in no place to criticize other people's relationship habits. So oh, I, yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. want anyone listening to think that I'm <laughs> criticizing anyone because I'm sure as hell in no place to do that. But, no, but I mean, you know, whatever floats your boat, whatever you want to do, you know, how, you know, you know, be picky. Yeah. And I, I wanted to have that conversation because even though this is coming out a couple of weeks from when we're recording it, it is like Valentine's weekend. So yeah. love's in the air. Literally all around you, there's red stuff and hearts everywhere. So I, and I, the thing, I, one thing I think that helped me and Antoinette is she, we were, we were friends. Yeah. We, we had a, we had a friendship and, you know, as we fell in love with each other and then decided to get married and uh but you know we do a lot together yeah we really do you know and i and i'm the type of person i'm a needy person so right. i couldn't be with yeah i think most comics are yeah yeah I was gonna say, that's, <laughs> yeah so it's not easy it's not easy to be married to a comic so uh you i know i had a joke i don't really do it anymore it's just a little aside that i was doing last summer where i was saying you know i'm not planning on being married or having kids not because i don't believe in love or whatever it's just i've already sabotaged my own life as a comedian why bring someone else into that no. uh, it's a little bit dark but whatever well, i so. don't know man you definitely you need to yeah i mean i personally i think everybody should at least have one kid you know sure but not, not everybody can but this is the other thing those people that can't you can always adopt because right. there's yeah you know there's a we definitely need that there's a lot of kids absolutely that need parents we um Kind of another weird transition. This is a segment that I, I like to do with everyone um, that I have on the show. It's called foreplay. There's a little four pack of questions here. It's usually pretty much the same, but I figured, you know, love's in the air with it being Valentine's or whatever. We can engage in some some foreplay here. Plus, your wife's not in the room, so I feel comfortable <laughs> doing it. So, first thing is you're traveling a lot. I know you're doing shows or whatever. Um, what is your favorite? food stop when you're on the road or maybe fast food or just a, even a city that you love has like the best food or whatever the uh you know it's weird because whenever you do go to a town that has something that your town doesn't yeah. and it may be like pure garbage you know like everybody lives there is like god that's gross but uh i remember whenever we not so much now but anytime if they had a jack-in-the-box somewhere oh yeah i'd yeah, be like yeah. oh god we got to hit the jack-in-the-box babe that's that's where we got to go um, and also, though, something else that, 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 we, uh, that we do, we also like to find little places, almost like mom and pop kind of places. Yep. That's one of the cool things, too, about traveling with, with, your, with your wife or your husband or boyfriend or girlfriend, you know. That's little things, little ventures that you get to do when you go to other town. Like, there's a place in, uh, in Huntsville, Alabama, that when you're there, they're called, it's uh, Bigfoot's Little Donuts. Oh, my God, dude. So if you're in, yeah. ever in Huntsville, you got to go there and get their donuts. Their donuts are amazing. I loved it so much. I got a cap and a shirt. And now I'm, you know, I'm weird. It actually does sound good. It's delicious. I love places like that, man. I went to some cookie place in Boone, North Carolina this time last year, and I was oh, my God. It was so good. <laughs> so, yeah, I love finding. I mean, generically, my travel food's Arby's because it's just yeah. it is what it is. But 
Um, you know, with the whole foreplay theme, you know, when you're going through a night, you're, you know, we just talked about food, that's dinner, and then there's the movie. Uh, what's your favorite movie of all time? Because I've got mine in my desk here. But Gosh, I got a, man, it's, it's tough. Well, you know, earlier I got to say uh, probably comedy, I've got two. Okay, comedy would be The Jerk, Steve yeah. Martin. You'll meet, and, when you meet Mandy later, she'll love you for that. And That's then, like uh, <laughs> and then uh, Caddyshack. Yeah. Well, Caddyshack was gold, yeah. bro. Um, two of my favorite. Those are my favorites. And don't get me wrong, I love a lot of the comedies. I love. Um, but then there's uh, ah, the guy movie that I always got to go to, dude, when it's on. <sighs> Tombstone, bro. Tombstone's good. Tombstone. Yeah. Every time I watch it, I got. Every time it's on, I got to watch it. I'm like, there it is. I, I got to watch it. Amen. So. You know, we've set the mood, dinner, movie. What is your ideal romantic evening? It doesn't even have to be going out if you just like around the house, whatever. But yeah, that's the worst. (laughs) Ideal romantic evening. Where's the ideal night in or night out with with your wife? Um, Now, she may not agree with this, but uh, for me, you know, I cherish the Saturday nights whenever we don't don't have a show, nothing going on, that we can go pick up a pizza and come home and yeah. just veg out together in front of the TV, you know, watch, you know, watch some show that you really enjoy. To me, I love that, you know. Big Ed's. Big Ed's pizza, <laughs> baby. You know it. You know yeah, it. I just made myself so hungry. So yeah, I, love it. I gotta move back out there. Just so Big, Ed's Big Ed's pizza. Um, they just I, had their 75th anniversary. Wow, man, that stuff's so good. It's good stuff. Yeah, I gotta come back out there soon. Um, at the end of any romantic evening, you know, trying to keep it PG, there should be a good feeling of accomplishment. Uh-huh. Uh, what has been your favorite or best feeling of accomplishment throughout your? That's a weird transition. Uh, a romantic I know, evening no, accomplishment no, through your comedy and magic oh. career. So sorry, yeah, it was an awful transition, but. Oh, so okay, okay. Yeah, I thought a, you meant no. That, I was about to say there's no accomplishment after you, you know, pound some big heads and you're like, baby, right. you yeah, want to go roll no, around yeah. in the bed. In the uh, bathroom or the, <laughs> the, uh, uh, you know what, man? I, I mean, you know, every year I do try to set a, a goal yeah. every year. I really try to do that and professionally and for career wise. Uh, but if I found out, you know, if I found out this was it, if I found out I had a week to live, right. I would look back and be, you know what, man, dude, you did so much more than what you ever thought you would ever do, you know, uh, being just a little redheaded kid from the W streets in Oak Ridge, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, I remember first time learning magic, somebody told me, you can do that, your hands are too small, you know? And I was like, well, you know, they're not that small. But anyways, the, you know, so, but I mean, looking back and I'm just like, man, I, I've, I'm, I'm happy. So it's not like I would feel like, you know, I have failed at what I set out to do, right. you know? So, I mean, uh, just uh, the, the, the things that, that I really feel accomplished with is, you know, I told you earlier, you know, how I got some projects in the works that yeah. I'm working on. And I look at the prior, some of the prior things in my act and stuff, and it's nice to what starts as an idea just in your head. And then you watch it grow into something else, you know, a year or two years down yeah. the road. It's, there is a sense of accomplishment. So you're literally you're creating something that wasn't there before. That's what I love. Did not exist. You know, yeah. About, about doing all this is you're yeah. It's it's crazy. Um, 
you mentioned some upcoming shows. What are some well, you know, gigs we were, you have coming up? We were talking about Asheville just a few minutes ago. Um, actually, I'm going to be in um, right outside of Asheville, Black Mountain. Okay. At the White Horse Black Mountain Theater uh, for Asheville Vaudeville. Um, fantastic shows. I mean, great shows. I, I, love, I love working with them, doing stuff out there. Uh, and then um, coming up after that, we've got a um, – I'm, actually, I'm going to be in the Charlotte area at the Wax Hall Brewery. I believe I'm probably screwing that name <laughs> up. But um, uh, a lady named Lauren Ansley, she uh, is, is doing some really big, big stuff out there. That's cool, man. So, uh, I mean, every show has been selling out, so I'm looking forward to that. Cool, man. And I was going to say, as we wrap up here, I meant to ask you at the front of this, but where can people find you, you know, online or? You can always find me on Facebook at Danny Witson Magic and Comedy. Um, find me on Instagram at uh, Super Magic Boy yep. on Instagram. Uh, Twitter, uh, it's Super Magic Boy. Um, and, uh, you know, get in touch with me at Danny Witson Magic and Comedy.com. Cool, man. And I know you have some, you'll have some here tonight, some shirts and stuff for sale. Absolutely. I, I've been really big lately on, um, people actually when they say support local art or local whatever like actually support with your money and not just like, yeah yeah that's what we really need friends and family will i got bills to pay yeah you. they'll be the first <laughs> to tell you like hey, i can't believe you're oh you're good don't worry about it um you can actually probably go without it if you need to um <laughs> the pop filter <laughs> fell over um they'll be the first to tell you man i can't believe you ain't making no money with that stuff yet and then you come out with a new <laughs> yeah. shirt They're like man can i have one for free man come on like no, yeah it doesn't work that yeah, way no. so, buy it but it's cool man but um, I'm excited to have you on here. I know we're getting ready to wrap up and, and do the, the actual Nate show, uh, late night show here tonight. So, um, again, thanks for joining me and uh, look forward to getting to know you and work with you again down the road. So. Awesome, brother. I appreciate you having me on. Thank man. you. Sweet. Good deal. Thanks for doing that. Hey, man. You know what you do what you do.